0: Welcome to Faith Fondue, a new podcast featuring author and speaker, Haley DeMaria, and teacher and blogger, Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics, ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of May 2nd, the sixth week of Easter, and today is Mother's Day. Good morning, Anne. Morning, Haley. This is season two, episode four. And as we talk about the flame and
1: what's hot, uh, yes, this today specifically is Mother's Day. Now, this goes back to one of the topics that I enjoyed. We ta- um, discussed in February, is this an actual holiday or a B-list holiday? So um, as we begin that conversation, some of the things that we'll discuss today is, yes, obviously, mother's, motherhood, some of the tensions and celebrations of this day, spiritual motherhood, We'll talk about um, John's gospel and the importance of petitionary prayer. So with that outline in mind, what do you think, Haley? A, you know, A, B list, what do you got?
0: So I've always viewed this as a a Hallmark holiday. Um, it, it was not founded by Hallmark, but I feel like it could have been because they make so much money off of it. Everybody feels like they need to buy their mom a, a Mother's Day card. Um, but, you know, it's a complicated holiday, too. Um, you know, first of all, not everybody has a good relationship with their mother. Not everybody wants to celebrate their mom. Um, and many people no longer have their moms. I have a good friend who who just buried her mom on Friday a couple of days ago. Um, you know, what a hard day for her today, too. Um, there are many moms who are estranged from their children or don't know where they are or perhaps they've lost a child um, you know, and many, many women long to be a mom and are going down that really bumpy path. And, you know, right now it's not currently in, in God's plan. So I will always celebrate my mom on this day. You know, I'm fortunate enough to, to still have her, be able to call her. I will celebrate my grandmother today. Um, but really as a mom myself, every day that I get to spend with my boys and every day that I can talk to them and you know, just be their mom, really every day is Mother's Day. Um, So it's um, it it can be a tricky day, but it's certainly not one to be overlooked. Um, And it's it's certainly a time to celebrate all moms.
1: Yeah, I agree, Haley. Um, I just I was smiling as you were talking about your mom and then your grandmother that you have your grandmother in your life still. What a gift. And we'll talk about her a little bit later. But I celebrate my mom, too. I'm very close to my mom. I talk to her once, not twice a day and she was close to her mother. And that was such a gift. I loved my grandmother. I live in San Francisco. So sometimes I'll drive by where my grandmother lived just to remember her. So this is um, quite the day for women that we really have. It's such a gift to have um, a great mom. And um, I'm grateful for that. So, um, and I know how much Your boys mean to you, and um, I've seen a little bit of evidence for how much you mean to them from your younger son, but I'm curious to know what they're doing for you today. How will you be
0: celebrated? So, you know, Mother's Day in our house has taken different forms. Um, When they were very young, uh, you know, Jamie used to travel a lot. My husband was gone. Um, He was working internationally. There were some months he was gone, two or three weeks at a time. Wow. Um, yeah, it was hard, you know, I was, I, I was mom and dad and which, you know what, many mothers do that full time. So it gave me a great appreciation, um, for single parents as well. Um, I, I, cer- I certainly, wasn't that, but it felt like it sometimes. And, um, you know, it was exhaust, Jamie was exhausted from traveling as well. So, you know, on the weekends he would want to sleep in and, you know, my job as a mom doesn't stop on the weekends. It's, um, in fact, sometimes it's harder if they're not in school. Um, so for Mother's Day one year, um, Jamie sent me, sent me, offered me, at, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sent me to uh, a hotel in D.C. And I went to the spa during the day and I ordered room service and I slept in. Um, and it was magical. It was awesome. um, just glorious, really. And I came home. I did see my kids that Mother's Day. I came home Sunday afternoon. Um but I came home a better mom. Um, So not spending, you know, spending that time away from my kids was really healthy for me. Um, So I did that for a few years, you know, I came home and I said, I could do this every Mother's Day. Um, But you know, then I realized uh, that children enjoy celebrating their moms. And you know, part of being a mother is, you know, we always, we all put our kids first for the most part. Although on Mother's Day, those few weekends a year, I didn't. But, um, you know, my kids, <laughs> I have found over the years, even today, you know, Edward's 17, James is 19. Um, I know they've been planning for today. And I know Edward has had a box sitting on his desk for, you know, about two months that he's been waiting to give to me. And- wow woke up this morning so excited. Do you want your gift now? Do you want to wait till dad gets home? And I said, Oh, no, I want it now. I've been looking at that box for two months. So uh, that it's it is that is actually a joy as a parent to to know that your kids want to celebrate you. So I have my uh, Mother's Day mug that we'll post a picture of from my second born child. And um, And we'll just, uh, you know, I get to choose what I do today. So we'll have my choice of dinner, my choice of dessert. I will try not to do laundry, but it'll just still be there tomorrow. Um, So it's, um, it's fun as a parent to see your children want to celebrate you. I think that's probably the biggest joy of the day.
1: What a gift. Yeah. You know, when you opened with this idea that it's a Hallmark holiday, I grew up hearing that. So I don't know that it was my mom's belief, but her father always said that and, So, you know, a little bit of skepticism about the holiday, but if that card, you know, I lived away from home for a long time. My brother lives, you know, far away in DC. I'm telling you, Haley, if that card did not arrive on time, you heard about it. So there was a certain amount of fear (laughs) around Mother's Day. Don't mess this one up. But, um, you know, just having a sense of humor about that and Um, you know, what goes with this day. So I appreciated just kind of hearing some of your comments uh, about today being, I think, a day that I feel like social media has allowed for people to both celebrate moms and kind of share maybe their own experience of Mother's Day. So, yes, for people who for whom this day is difficult, I have seen a number of people kind of comment on that and not to take away from the day, but just I would hope, as a society, we could, you know, and even in our faith communities, we could have enough room for both, where we could celebrate it and honor it, but also realize that maybe people feel the way that they do. Uh, I read an article recently in America Magazine, imagining barrenness as a space of possibility, and the author, her name is Kaya Oaks. She talked about the experience on Mother's Day of going to mass, and at the end. They usually have all moms stand for a book.
0: So, Anne, you're breaking up a bit. I don't know if you can still hear me. So I'm going to just kind of keep chatting about um, this article that you were talking about. It's a fruitful life. Uh, um, we have to, like, honor those women. Like, I I do think
1: there's something to be said. Like, being a mom is a choice and it's a gift. And it, it's totally selfless. And the least we can do is bless them and honor them. And I, I want there, again, to be space for both, that this woman can feel this way and, and we can also not take away the need for the blessing or the space as a community to just acknowledge these women.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to fill in because you broke up a little bit. In the beginning, sharing that, but you were talking about a mass where um, the moms were asked to stand up and how others might feel. We heard the end of that conversation, but the first part um, just blipped a little bit. And I agree, uh, it's um, you know, motherhood is is complicated and and it can be painful for those who aren't moms, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate those who are. I don't think our our community, certainly our faith community, I don't think, has become so PC that we can't celebrate people, even if it might cause hurt feelings to others. That's never anyone's intention. Um, you know, I think celebrating and honoring is is only done in a positive, in a positive way. So, um, well, we'll have to make sure we post a link to that article as well.
1: Absolutely, it's it's very thoughtful, and and my parish has said they do acknowledge the different types of mothers. You know, I'm not going to stand as a mom. I'm a godmother, but I'm not going to stand during that moment. And actually, I mean, I've realized in my own life that that's a gift. Like my my mom said I always wanted to be a godmother, and my mom wasn't, and she's a fantastic mom, and I think she would have been a great godmother. It just didn't happen amongst her circle of friends and whatnot. But we can celebrate different types of motherhood, too, and I'm, I'm fine with that, but I, I do want to, you know, have that moment for women to just who raise children. And, you know, even that isn't um, black and white in the sense of I heard Billie Jean King speak at USF and, you know, Billie Jean King is one of the greatest American athletes, uh, success, you know, incredibly successful tennis player. People know her story, which is great. I think they should, Um, you know, she was married to a man and then later um, she has a lifelong partner, Ilana Kloss. And she talked at one point in her life about raising a child and, you know, yeah, she didn't give birth, but like how much, so she says, I have an understanding of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were many years where we were raising a child and I don't totally understand like the, the backstory on that, but I thought that was really interesting, like that you might not expect something from someone in their story and, you know, everyone's you know journey is a little bit different. And, um, I'm glad she shared that it, it offered a different dimension into her career, um, But, you know, I do love learning about pro athletes who have raised children are also given birth, you know, like Serena Williams, who is competing now after having her daughter. Or um, here in San Francisco, we're preparing for the U.S. Women's Open. Michelle Wee, West is her married name. She had a baby a year ago. She will be competing in the U.S. Women's Open. So that's exciting. So it's just fun to think about, you know, different contexts for mom and and the way that they shape our lives.
0: Well, it is, and you know, as you know, two women, former athletes, you and I, who love sports, um, it it is amazing to watch these professional athletes who are at the top of the sport, at the top of their game, you know, at the top of their physical um, peak, I guess. You know, you know, a professional athlete, they're really at the peak of their careers. Um, and to give birth is not, it it is a trauma to your body. Um, Mm -hmm. so you think of someone who, you know, is injured and has to battle back. Um, you know, it's, it's not an injury, but it, 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 it is, um, it is a traumatic experience physically for your body. Um, so I love those stories. I love it when women come back, um, after, after giving birth and are able to still compete at that high level. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, yes so we we yeah. celebrate those moms as well and and you know it's it's we don't have to give birth to be a mother um you know certainly there are adoptive moms I have a, a good friend who was adopted her mom had three children um gave birth to three children and then adopted two children and um you know she's never she she's never loved them any differently um and I find that remarkable um yes you know I I don't I loving children is not something that comes natural to me. Um, You know, I'm not somebody that loves kids. You know, my mother loves kids. I was kind of Of nervous to have my own. Um, Of course you love your own because they're yours. Um, But I've always been so fascinated and really amazed by, um, you know, women who have adopted or, or who are a Mm -hmm. godmother or who, you know, like Billie Jean King taken a child and raised them and love them as their own. it is, You know that 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 is a gift that um really should be recognized and acknowledged for being pretty remarkable as well
1: yeah i agree and you know just to hear you speak about that i mean i touched on it it, well i didn't um i wrote it in my notes um saint edith stein who talked about spiritual motherhood one of um which i think is a beautiful concept and it's looking at women and saying that we have a nature that is maternal and it Means that we care for people and, you know, in particular for the young or the vulnerable in a way that is um, just in our nature by being Mm -hmm. a woman. And one of my friends has given birth. She has a son and she's been, she and her husband have been trying to adopt and it's been very challenging. Um, And she told her husband, you know, we're getting older. I don't know if I want an infant, you know, and at the same time, this desire is not going away. In the sense of, I'm going. She said, "I'm going to have to fulfill this in in some other way." And I I looked at her and I said, "That's what spiritual motherhood is. Mm-hmm. It's that that energy and that love that you know it's been, I believe been given by God as a gift. Um, and how it will manifest itself is to be determined by God's will. And you know, they're in they're working with God's will, whatever that may be. So it might not be adopting a child, but she said, if that means being a foster parent for a while, maybe that's it. Or she's just really open and she's praying for that. And I thought that's such a beautiful desire. So I, you know, hope and pray that it's revealed in time, but that's really what spiritual motherhood is and she feels it. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that term. Um, I'll, I'll have to make sure I use that. So yeah. speaking of spiritual motherhood, we can move on to our spiritual stew. Um, so actually, this gospel this week, I, today's gospel also popped up last week, too, I noticed. Um, but, you know, we hear in John 15, love one another as I have loved you. And that is um, such a common phrase. Um, I think most people who even don't attend mass and who are perhaps not even... You know christian or religious you know probably have heard that before so love one another as i have loved you and you know it's perfect for today because really being a mother is all about love um and a mother's love is you know it is unique it is unconditional um you know just as our father's love is unconditional for us and you know i think about this a lot um you know, especially having teenage boys and moving into young adulthood. And, um, you know, they're making their own decisions. They're out on their own. We don't always agree with some of the things that they do, um, but we always love them. Um, So, you know, I often think, you know, as Christian parents, you know, or, you know, when we think we are not worthy of God's love, um, you know, I think we just have to remember our own children um, because no matter what they do, what they say, uh, what they believe, how they act—I um, would love my children no matter what. Um, you know, even in the most horrific of situations, I might be disappointed, I might be angry, but I'm always going to love them. You know, that is—that's just what—it's just woven into the fabric of being a parent, I think. Um, so it's a great reminder again for us as God's children. He might get angry with us. We've certainly seen examples of that. He might mm-hmm. be disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. He always loves us, mm-hmm. you know, loving, loving someone doesn't mean you aren't disappointed or angry with them. Um, yeah. um, and I love this part of John's gospel where he's really asking us to love one another. You know, Jesus is love one another mm-hmm. as I have loved you. And I, you know, again, these words are very simple, um, but can also be very hard to follow. And, you know, in some ways, I view the word love in this instance, you know, maybe not as, certainly not as romantic love. We don't need to love everybody in a romantic way or, Um, but I, it means, you know, we respect them. We care for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we love them as a person and as, as God's creation. So we can, we can disagree with people and we can be angry with people and we can maybe not even like somebody. Um, But we still have to love them in the sense that, you know, the way that God is asking us to, we still have to respect them. We have to care for them as people. Um, So again, very simple words, sometimes really hard to, to, follow through with, but that's what we're called to do as Christians, um, to, to care and respect for people, even when we don't agree with them or when we're angry at them, um, or disappointed. I, you know,
1: there's so much to think about there, Haley, because I think about love as a theological virtue and it can be a little bit difficult to understand or to teach about. And it's the idea that we can love because God loved us first. And I'm hearing you talk about unconditional love and I, I, I feel that from my own parents. And yet I, I don't think that can be easy. I think it's, I want to think it's a given because you and I've had that experience, but for people who, for whom it's not, I mean, that is God's grace. That's God's gift that you have been able to offer that to your boys. That's remarkable. Like, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's really God at work in our lives that we are able to to love, and even in those spaces that you talked about, where we might not like what they're doing, where like the bottom line is you respect, or the bottom line is yes, they know that you have their back. I think that's I think that's a compelling argument for living a life of faith is that you can love someone even when they disappoint you, and it, and, it, and it's like that tension. And you can still say, this is not okay. You know, like part of love is is setting those limits, is is letting, you know, someone make their mistakes. Because uh-huh. a lot of parents don't want their children to make mistakes. For and sure. of course we don't, how could you, right? I mean, it's it's gotta be hard to see, or even with your own spouse or, you know, people like siblings and whatnot, so that we can, we can have that space for someone that I will care about you and I'm here for you, even when you're at your worst self. <laughs> one time, one of my colleagues said, I said, he's mid-married to his wife. We, I joke, I'm like, Chad, you must've been a child groom. He, he looked so young when he got married and um, they didn't have children for a while. So, you know, it was, and I only say that because they've been married for so long, but their oldest is maybe 14. So you would have thought, you know, he maybe got married later anyways I said I can't believe so and so said that to their spouse and he said oh Anne, you've obviously not been married (laughs) like meaning like you could say the worst things to your spouse and I was like how could that happen if you love them so much but then I think about my own parents and I tell my teenagers that I've said things to my parents like "Terrible.
0: terrible terrible terrible
1: You know, you're like, "Mm -hmm."
0: well, for sure, you know, in fact, that is probably one of the comments I get the most from people, especially mothers and daughters, but especially mothers who have read my book, um, because the relationship with my mom is super complicated in the book. And, and really, every mom has felt that and, and all it is, and you know, I'm sure this is true with you is. I I was hurting, and I was angry, and I had all of these emotions that, of course, are very normal for someone who's experienced trauma. But my mom was a safe place for me to take that out mm-hmm. on because I yep. knew no matter what I said to her or how mean or how vindictive and unkind I was, and I was, uh, she would always love me. And, yeah. and you know, that that's a gift and a burden that mothers give their yeah. children, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it was such a gift for me to have my mom present with me to be the recipient of all of these emotions that I had to get out because we do have to get those emotions out when we're experiencing, you know, going through tough times. Um, but boy, what a burden as a mom to just, you know, yeah. be that punching bag. Um, like- <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, that is a good part of your story. Um, I, I, thank you for making that connection. Because yeah, I mean, it's from your journal, it's from your experiences. And I think about, you know, I think I was a pretty good, I was a pretty, quote, unquote, easy teenager. Yeah. But I, I do remember being a freshman at Notre Dame. And my parents, to save money, my mom took me in August, my dad Came with my uncle for a game to check on me and then go to a game. So, right. So, I remember, for example, the what's that? um, One of those first events, one of the night events. And it was like, I just, it was like the t shirt. Oh, the graffiti, yeah, the graffiti, shirt graffiti dance. Something. But there was something with parents, and I just didn't want to be with my mom. And it was probably really hard for her um, because she wasn't with my dad and she's there alone, and her daughter's going away and you know it couldn't have been easy on either accounts but i still think about my behavior and i i don't i don't like you know but i was my 18 year old self it's not a justification so i guess what i'm trying to say is um some people don't like the image of god as parent um but considering all that i put my parents through all that they've done for me it resonates with me because that love truly is unconditional and it is profound. And um, yeah, I think you do a great job writing about that um, at your best and worst self in the hospital, et cetera. So M-
0: mostly my worst self, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's hard. Yeah. And it's got to be a hard experience for a parent, your child going through that. I mean, like, I can't even My imagine. mom has said through my health issues over and over again, I wish it were me and not you. And, you know, you can't, you can't do that as you know, obviously, literally you can't do that. Right. So yeah, that they feel that way. Um, well, my piece of the stew is a book that as you were talking, Haley, I was like, okay, I really do need to reread this book. It is Learning to Pray, A Guide for Everyone by James Martin. And I should usually I highlight when I read and put like tabs, and I haven't done it for this. I am not joking. I might go back and reread it because So many of the ideas that you're talking about, I'm like, oh, he wrote about that in the book and I can't make the connection right now. But um, I thought one section in the book that was interesting is about petitionary prayer. So people are very familiar with petitionary prayer. It's asking God specifically, you know, for people who go hungry today that they may find nourishment for this. We pray to the Lord. And Karl Rahner, who's, I think, you know, I didn't, I haven't really studied him, but largely considered one of the greatest theologians of the 20th century. He's a German Jesuit priest. He wrote this in The Need and the Blessing of Prayer. He said, quote, it is a difficult task to assume the defense of the prayer of petition. So meaning like, yeah, if a young person's like, Mr. Sturgers, why are we doing this? Like, it's it's hard to defend it. You know, like, yeah. I just appreciated that it was that. Thank you. Like, it's not something that we can logically or reasonably defend. And, you know, that's apologetics, which is the need to defend something. And I often hear, well, we we offer prayers of petition because it changes us. And I've, I've certainly had that experience where I'm changed in the result of prayer. But that seems kind of selfish to me. Um, so, you know, I hold that tension that we continue to pray offers, you know, prayer is a petition. We hope that we're changed in the process, but I mean, Aquinas has this great excerpt. I mean, that's like a redundant, great Aquinas and great, but I read this years ago and I've referenced it many times. Um, Aquinas argued that by God's design, we do cause things to occur when we petition God in prayer, not because we change God's will, but because God has willed that if we pray Certain things will happen. Now that to me seems remarkably different than oh, I will change. You know, I for in my prayer. Like wow, if I participate in these petitions, like God has willed that things will happen through my prayer. Wow, I'm an agent for change. I have agency. I have like certain amount of power. So. Um, I'm not interested in the Did I pray enough or did I get it right? But it's just like, okay, this changes the perspective. So I don't know some things like for our spiritual stew to kind of chew on there in terms of petitionary prayer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think there's a number of people who pray, you know, there, there's two, there's, there's many ways to look at this, right? There are times when we pray for very specific things, right? So we're these prayers of petition for a, a specific outcome or or event. A and, health
1: issue, right? right. A, tro- a troubled marriage, looking for a job, right?
0: Exactly, right? And, and those are, and, and I think those prayers are genuinely offered up because they want God to intervene, or the saints, if we're praying to the saints, want to intervene in sure. in in that in that prayer that petition that prayer of petition um and I and I I participate in that and I believe in that you know the very specific intentional prayers um you know it's one of my favorite part of the masses is is or the the offering up the petitions but I also um I also love the idea and in thinking of what you were saying about being changed myself um I don't I don't I wouldn't I don't see it as selfish. You know, my my Mm. prayers are oftentimes um you know I, I will pray for specific intentions for other people. My prayer for myself is always, always um, you know, help me to love as Jesus loved, help me to pray as Jesus prayed, help me to you know not judge as Jesus didn't judge. So and and I've got kind of a whole litany of ones that I go through in terms of helping me to be more really like Jesus in terms of the way he saw and viewed and acted in life. Um now I've actually never shared that publicly before, but those those are prayers where I'm I'm asking to be changed. Um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's really I guess I'd never thought of it as selfish before, and I don't think you would say that either. Right. Um, but really, it is asking my heart to be changed because I, I don't. we don't always know what God's will is. So we might ask for a very specific prayer f- intention for someone or petition. Um, but many times I will also pray in that same context for someone to feel God's love and strength to help them through what they're going through. Um, because really that's, that's ultimately what we need. You know, we can pray for specifics and that's great. And that we pray that God will listen and, and respond. Um, but he always has the better answer and he's always going to lead us down the path that we need to go. And what we need is the strength and the grace to get to, to go down that path.
1: Yeah it is, um, it's something worth considering. Like those are beautiful prayers um, that you offer. And I don't know, maybe I just, maybe I've just gone through the motions, Haley, too much of petitionary prayer. So just thinking about the prayers that we offer and then why we're offering it. And then assuming this point of Ronner's, like it's not something I don't, I don't know that, I, I mean, some people want defense behind things, but like to love as Jesus loved, you know, to not judge as Jesus judged. That's, you know, that's what it means to be a Christian, right? That's the identity of of being like Christ. So sometimes it's just easy to keep it a little simpler. <laughs> well, you know, and you
0: know. and as I'm praying to not judge as Jesus didn't judge, right? Because, I mean, the examples he has of being all accepting and embracing is amazing. Um, sure. You know, right. I'm also sitting there listening to people's petitions for, you know, more money to go on vacation. And I'm thinking, what kind of a prayer is that? Right. So I, in the same moment that I am praying to not judge, I'm still judging. Um, so, you know, we're all imperfect. And, um, has somebody really offered that prayer? No, I made that up, (laughs) but but sometimes I feel like they're that, that, um, superficial. Oh, oh,
1: oh I, I can certainly give examples. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was
0: just the first one I thought of. And it, that was kind of a ridiculous <laughs> fall
1: for this. We pray to the Lord.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Or even yeah. to and win I, the lottery. Right. Yeah, I, you know. yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, it, I guess I thought it was it's, selfish isn't the right word. But, you know, my in my family, you know, my brother is divorced. It was not an easy event. Um, my nieces, their mother is, you know, in involved in their life and it's not been my parents. I I don't know that they have forgiven her and my dad prays for her. If you know my dad, you wouldn't be surprised. And I hope at my mom's best self, she's forgiven her, but you know, moms defend their children Mm -hmm. as they should. And my dad has said, you know, it helps me. So that's where I'm saying it's it's selfish because there is anger, there's hurt. And it's like, okay, so he's doing a good thing. I mean, my niece says their mother is, is, she's, you know, a huge part of their life. Like she is their mother. Yeah. We have to pray for her. Whether or not she wronged my brother or he wronged her, or, you know, we don't need to get into that. And parents will assume what they should about their own children. So, but my dad saying that, I think it has helped him. And that's not a bad thing. And I hope, th- and I know that's not why he's only praying, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's like I said. It's it's interesting to just think about.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and I, uh, you know, I actually think it's remarkable that your dad is praying for, you know, your her his former daughter-in-law. Yeah. Um, I I more I wish more people had the ability yeah. to do that, even if it is to change his own heart, um, because that in itself is a gift to his grandchildren. That's right. That's um, exactly right. Yeah. So it, at the end
1: of the day, who benefits? Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Everybody kind of benefits. Everybody so. does.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I can think of so a lot your, of situations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe
1: this week, that's our takeaway. Um, maybe spend some time in petitionary prayer and, and just consider, you know, who you're praying for. And, and I think it's okay to think like, what's, how does that affect you? You know, um, but also like offering just some of the prayers that you shared, I think that's a great practice.
0: Yeah, I I will be praying for mothers of all kinds. um, You know, however we come about being moms Um, for spiritual motherhood, I love that term, you know, for for people who are offering that guidance in a spiritual way. Um, I will pray specifically for my grandmother. She's 98 years old. She is moving this week um, into an assisted living facility. Um, She has always been fiercely independent Um, she's remarkable. She got her education doctorate at, you know, a time when women weren't doing that. She, um, you know, taught aerial gunnery in World War II. (laughs) You know, she's teaching pilots how to shoot out of planes. And I mean, just has always been a remarkable, um, fiercely independent woman. And this is a, this is a tough move for her. You know, this is, this is it. She is not moving anywhere else. And at 98, that is something to celebrate. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's gotta be kind of hard to, to give that up too. So praying for her, praying for my, my parents and my aunt and uncle who are, you know, facilitating that move and, um, and praying for all children who are, Taking care of parents, um, yeah, that yeah. that's tough too, um, and can be very yeah. tricky. So Always. lots of prayers all around for just all parents and children.
1: Yeah, just real quick, Haley, is this your maternal
0: grandmother? So and it is. Where does she live? It is versus- my father's stepmom. Okay so my dad's mom died when he she was in her early 40s and my grandfather Uh married right away so they were married for a number of years and my dad was 19 at the time and so for me she's always been my grandmother and a part of my life yeah she lives in phoenix um okay and yeah my last remaining grandmother Wow. well
1: what a i didn't know that um and what a full circle Um, kind of conversation as we started today so your dad I didn't realize you know lost his his own mom when he was young Um, but it sounds like your family took in this woman and you know I you've always called her your grandmother not your step-grandmother which you know is appropriate if if people feel that way to call somebody that but um, that's really special so
0: yeah she she is pretty special and yeah I mean that's a whole another step parents or i love the new term they use now bonus parents but no carol is that right yeah bonus moms i think is what they say but no she's always been my grandmother to me yeah Uh, i wouldn't think of her as anything else yeah
1: well my takeaway i will be traveling to dc for my niece's confirmation my goddaughter grace yay um so it's a special day and um it will be different. So my brother is getting married in August. So um, his fiance, my future sister-in-law, who's lovely, she will be there. And she will, you know, she's a stepmom, but... Um, bonus mom. Yeah, <laughs> bonus mom, totally. Um, you know, so it'll be fun to have her at this sacramental moment mm-hmm. in my niece's life. So I'll pray for her because I don't know what that's like. And, you know, to be a part of the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's bonus. That's kind of the answer, I think. And um, it'd be nice to have her there. But my goddaughter is so special um, to me. You know, I think part of, you know, having her in my life is like, wow, she loves me too. Like you love your children or your nieces and nephews, but it's just like you were saying, when your kids want to celebrate you, that love that they give is remarkable. So I get to see it this week.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Well, safe travels to you. And we will certainly pray for grace as well. Yeah, Um, That's an exciting time.
1: Yeah. So we'll have a good week and we'll um, see what next week
0: brings in terms of our conversation, our faith fondue. Absolutely. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day to everyone.